Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today Magazine. I'm your host, Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today, joined today by my three esteemed, beloved colleagues. Esteemed, you hear that? Esteemed, yes. I've we... never been called esteemed ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> have you been loved? No, no, no none no. of this. Uh, no. Well, here's who I have with me today. I have my executive editor, Denise Greer. Hello, everyone. I have my design lead, Katie Wilson. Hi. <laughs> and our creative director, Josh Cowan. Hello, everyone. Guys, this is season, what, we at the end of season two? At the end of season three, three I think, right? Three. No, season three. three. See, it all yeah. runs together with the quarantine. We're ending season three of the hot slice. Yep. We are still working remotely from home. Um, I am in my basement. I don't know where Katie Basement. is. Basement Katie's as well in, here too. Katie's in like some weird. I'm, I'm in your basement too. I'm <laughs> over in the corner. Just, yeah. Amy, don't mind. <laughs> I'm in Denise, my office. In your home office. But yes. hey, the good news, the good news is that International Pizza Expo is coming up in June. And all indications at the moment anyway, are that the show will go on. So there's hope that we may get out of our basements is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I don't, I don't mind. And Denise has have come a long way from like March last year. We were kind of in the bedroom. We were just everywhere. There was no, nothing on the walls. And now Denise has got a whole, whole office a whole set up, set up back, back here <laughs> on my passions. What I like biking and pizza and, uh, you know, homemade you know, crafting way. and all that stuff. So just uh, lots of stuff. If we get back into the office, I don't know where, I guess we'll just do this in the conference room together. I'm not sure how, how that'll work, but. <laughs> that would be fun. Maybe by the fish tank. And that way the <laughs> fish can participate and can feel like they're part of the family again. Each get a different part of the office and do this on Zoom. <laughs> do you think we do have that little lounge area in the front. Yeah, do you think the pizza today fish miss us? Do you think that they uh, are feeling lonely and wondering where we're at and wondering what we're doing? It, you know. Honestly, the amount of time that I have thought about that is so concerning. <laughs> like, I'm so worried about the fish, but that, that might just be me. <laughs> I mean, we have a dedicated person going in there taking That's care true. of the fish. Yeah. Mike is not going to let us down. Say, so, do I'm we just... know the fish have been fed? I have not personally checked in on it. Could they all be belly up floating right oh. now? Bill Oakley is on that. He loves those fish like they were his children. So yeah, he I'm does. sure. I guarantee that, uh, they're getting taken care of. Yeah, I'm sure they're, right. they're right. fine. Well, now that we have assured the pizza industry that the pizza today fish are fine. All of our plants are done. Different. My cactus has right. got to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's a wrap on this podcast. We'll see you on here. The fish are fine. We're out. Goodbye. We're out. This is such a good podcast. We're done. <laughs> So Denise, we normally have a guest on that we interview, but today uh, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we did this last season as well. It's a Ask Pizza Today episode. We, on social media, asked our readers to pose some questions to us and that we would talk about them and answer them on the podcast. And we got a really good response. We, get, we had a lot of questions come in. Yeah, actually, there's one that kind of correlates with uh, what we were just talking about with the fish and poor Josh's cactus. <laughs> Did somebody ask about the fish? <laughs> no, no. Somebody asked about you, Jeremy, actually. Um, oh. So <laughs> Brian Weevil, who oh, was our guest. He asked this question last time, Denise. Did he? Because he yes. wants to ask it again. Is yes. the plan yes. alive? 
Is he asking about the plant again? Yes, he wants to know about the plant. Is it alive? And I don't remember if you said it was alive or dead, but I'm sure it's dead. Brian, I I feel like we've been through this before, but let me just be very direct and clear. (laughs) I've managed to keep two human beings alive that I'm in charge of. I have a 15-year-old son and (laughs) 11-year-old son, and I've managed to keep them alive. I've also managed to keep the pizza today, pizza today sourdough starter alive. It is now five years old, and I've managed to keep that alive. Regrettably, however, I was not able to keep that plant alive. So we can close the chapter on the plant Don, in my Brian. office. Brian, it, you're gonna have to come to terms with this. Brian, you're really gonna have okay. to come to terms. With it. Yes, let's, let's face up with it. It's not. It's not here anymore. It, 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 yeah. Brian, sometimes loss is hard to accept. And, yeah. and, and I understand that. And you might be grief stricken, but you've got to move on. The plant didn't make yeah. it. He was very eager to learn on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, he was on our LinkedIn channel asking us about it. So, <laughs> so hey, uh, y'all, we have a LinkedIn, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Brian could have asked about a dough formula. He could have asked, you know, how do I find good help right now? But no, he, he asked about my plant, so... He's a caring individual a he is. Yeah. <laughs> but we did get a lot of really great questions uh, about um, some pretty, uh, you know, industry topics that everybody is wanting to learn more about. So, uh, you know, I think we should jump into some of these, some of these questions. Jump on this here. What do we have? All right. Um, well, I think we should uh, do this employee question because, man, I'm, um, you know, hiring employees is such a hard thing right now. Uh, so we received a private Facebook message um, that says, where the heck can I find new employees? I'm desperate. I'm in desperate need of a phone person. I've been trying on Indeed and Craigslist, but nothing. So guys, where can he find? That is indeed the $1 million question everyone is asking right now. So I, I have found over the years that Oftentimes, your current restaurant employees are your best resource. Um, By and large, people hang around with like-minded individuals. If you are a go-getter with a good work ethic and a positive attitude, you tend to gravitate towards others that fall into that same category. Uh, If you're a lazy loser, you tend to hang out with lazy losers, right? So if you've got an employee who's, who's talented, who gets after it, who's really a star, in your workforce, I would approach he or she and say, do you have any friends looking for jobs right now? Do you have any, um, do you have anyone that you think would be ideal for our hostess position or to answer our phones or additional, whatever position you're looking to, to, to fill? I think that if you reach out to your current employees, that's usually the best method because essentially you have someone you already trust, you already know, vouching for this person saying, yes, this would be a good hire he or she will fit in, they will help us out. And that is the direction I would go if I were in that situation. Yeah, and also it goes back to whatever culture you have built at your your pizzeria. And if it's a great culture, people are having fun and people like going to work, you know, that's gonna that's gonna get out there and people are gonna find that out and, and they're just gonna come, so. Yeah, but I, I think mean, you can't just put Help Wanted on the front door. That, does, that may have yeah. worked in the 1980s, but I don't think anybody's gonna just see the sign on the front door and walk in and say, Hey, how do I apply for a job? Right. You've got, you've got to be proactive Mm -hmm. now. 
And I think that right now, a lot of people don't know what their culture is and haven't identified it. So they don't know what the exact employee that they're looking for is. They just tend to, I'm hiring. So I got to find that person, help wanted. I need, you know, I need a pizzola. I need, you know, this and that. And so here, I'm going to put a sign on the door and, or put a post on social media. Um, And it's got to, it's got to go way beyond that. It's got to, Um, outline what exactly you are looking for in the person. You know, if you're not showcasing how awesome it is to work for your pizzeria, then why would anybody be interested in working for your pizzeria? Um, You know, if you look at turnover, um, which everyone has a problem with, and you look at some of the things that are causing that turnover, um, you know, a big thing is not being able to identify that culture and get the right employees in. Um, so while it is very hard to find that initial employee, um, you know, you've just really got to hone in on that culture and, and who you're looking for, because then you can go out and you can target those people, whether that's maybe looking at, um, you know, your alternative weekly, locally, um, you know, a neighborhood, uh, communications group, you know, I think about like mind little neighborhood association, if, you know, if a local pizzeria in my hood, um, you know, posted a job, I think they'd, they'd see some response from people that live in the neighborhood that actually care about uh, the restaurant there. Um, and then looking at the, um, the customers themselves. Um, if you've got a lot of great ambassadors, perhaps maybe they want to work for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah and you know, uh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. You got to sell yourself. You know, if you are putting that up that, you know, that I need a dishwasher, you know, $8 an hour. If that's, if you're putting that up on your Facebook, it's not going to roll, but you got to, you got to sell your stuff. You got to say what the benefits are here working for this job. And uh, what, you know, like I said, what kind of culture you've created and it, you really have to sell the people on, on, on working nowadays. It's sad to say, but you really have to. <laughs> yeah, you do. And looking I would for those. put together a video, you know, the yeah. iPhone, today's iPhones are amazing. You don't need any high powered equipment. I would put together a short 45, 60 second video basically showing the energy of working in a pizzeria, how, you know, how it's go, 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 and how vibrant it is. Um, you know, it show someone yeah. topping a pie, slicing a pie, taking a pie out of the oven, uh, doing all the different tasks that would be done throughout the day, maybe sit to some upbeat music and showing just again, how vibrant it is to work in your pizzeria. And Hey, we're looking for our next star and there are growth opportunities. Maybe the dishwasher, from a year ago or the delivery driver from a year ago is now a manager. Um, you know, that happens all the time in this industry. So show that there are growth opportunities and roll out this video on, on your social media platform versus like Josh said, saying hiring a dishwasher for $8 an hour, $12 an hour, $15 an hour, wherever you live, you know, um, you've got to, you've got to go beyond that and get creative. And I'd like to point you to uh, point everybody to uh uh, Gapco, uh, Greenville, uh, Avenue pizza company's YouTube page. Just go there. Uh, they have, they have a few employee, like, uh, you know, searching out for employee videos. So they do a really good job. I mean, they're on the extreme of doing amazing job on that, but you know, you can, you can definitely get something from that. Yeah. And maybe in the description, we'll include uh, some articles from Pizza Today uh, where it really highlights, you know, what the hiring process is and um, how to really cultivate that. Because I know that uh, Mike Bausch did a great article recently on, um, you know, tapping good talent and what you need to do to do that. Uh, And he's always so straightforward. So I always like his point of view on it. (laughs) What else do we have, Denise? Next question. Next question. All right. So, uh, 
We've got a little bit more of a technical question. Um, so maybe we'll be able to help them, but also point them in the right direction. Uh, so Tony Grab uh, reached out to us, Grobe probably, uh, on Facebook and asked, um, uh, I've taken over the kitchen operations of another restaurant and they have a struggling pizza uh, station um, that I'd like to repair. Uh, they form their pizza doughs using pizza press and use a rotating gas brick oven. Um, and I wa I'm wondering which pizza style would be best given these pieces of equipment. Interesting. When you take over a, a location and they're already, they already have processes oh, in place, they're yeah. already doing things a certain way. The first question you have to ask yourself, um, is this working? Is it a process I want to continue or do I want to deviate from that? Um, it would be a substantial investment to pull off the oven and put in a new oven. So I'm going to work under the assumption that that is not something that he would want to do. So the next question is um, the rest of the process. Does he want to follow that? You know, there's, there's no law written in all the land that says if you take over a pizzeria that is sheeting its dough, you must continue to sheet right. and press its dough. Nor if you take over a pizzeria where they were, forming dough by hand. There's no, there's no pizza, pizza God out there saying you have to continue that way. So that's the beauty of, of it, Tony. You can do it however you want to do it. If you um, do like the fact that they're pressing the dough and you want to continue to do that, my answer to your question would be that uh, I think a tavern style pizza, they're extremely popular right now anyway. They're delicious. And I think that based on the process you're describing and the oven you're describing, I think that would be a natural fit. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, especially if, you know, if it's, you know, pizza is not all you're selling and that's kind of like just a side piece of what you're selling. Uh, tavern style, I, I would right there with you. That would be a great one to yeah. go to. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, rotating deck ovens or rotating uh, ovens yeah. around as we've been to different pizzerias. Uh, and we've seen everything from tavern to New York to uh, to just a thin pressed hand tossed yeah. uh, pizza. Um, I, we see way more thin than mm -hmm. anything else. Uh, it's a little it's a little more cumbersome to do a thicker style pizza in um, in a rotating, but, but there are possibilities that you, that you can do those kinds of things. So, um, I think, I think first you need to identify what you want out of your what pizza do you, do you want to sell, you know, um, because and, this is your restaurant. If you're not, if you're not selling the product that you, that you want to back and that you, you want to provide, um, then you may, you may fail before you begin because you're not selling something that you actually want to sell. Yeah. And look around uh, your competition. What are they selling? You know, if, if, if there's two other places selling tavern style pizzas, maybe not. So, you know, that's, that's another thing to look at just, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to have to love making whatever pizza you make. So, yeah. so uh, do a lot of research, make a lot of pizza and yeah. uh, kind of see what, what hits the best. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And right. You know, this is a, a question I would like to see addressed and answered before making a purchase or taking over yeah. pizzeria. In the future, I, I would advise um, a little more forward thought and proactivity on that. Uh, come to terms with that before you actually get into the pizzeria versus after the fact saying, hey, we're in here now. Now, now what, what do we do? Um, maybe it was too good of a deal to pass up and you just had to jump yeah. in and that happens all the time. And that's understandable. I will say a rotating deck oven is a fantastic piece of equipment. 
We've mm-hmm. seen it in lots of pizzerias over the years, as Denise alluded to. And I've had fantastic pizzas out of yeah. really, I've had fantastic pizzas out of every style of oven that exists. So um, <laughs> it's not going to limit your ability to produce a great pizza. Um, and if you're, again, your initial question is what style, I would probably still steer you towards a tavern style. I would give that a try, Tony, and see how it turns out. See what you think. Figuring out how to do delivery right can be a daunting task, especially when it comes to third-party platforms, in-house delivery, contactless solutions, and POS functionality. Fortunately, the innovators at PDQ have developed the Delivery Toolkit app, a convenient single source that can measurably enhance all aspects of delivery while saving time, effort, and costs. Rooted in metrics, the multi-integrated PDQ Delivery Toolkit is a must-have resource for your store. Learn why at pdqdt.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Next question. Next question. Am I am I am I the question yep. reader of you the uh, of the, the group? Reader. You are the master <laughs> of ceremonies. <laughs> All right. The MC now, John Gutekunst has lost his job to you. <laughs> this one's a little uh, more challenging to answer, and we'll probably you know, uh, push them to a little more, um, details in, uh, in the publication that we have. So, uh, well, let's but, put Katie on this question then. Yeah, hard, put her on. Right. We'll, we'll give her the hard question. We need, we need to put the, we need to put Katie on, on this. All right. No, so no, don't feel like you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremy Collins, uh, on Facebook asked us, he said, mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday, I sent out our first SMS marketing text with an offer for the night and it exploded. Uh, I've been wanting to get in into doing this for some time now and finally pulled the trigger. Can you give me some insights on how often to send these out, what content they should include, um, what what are the typical results to show uh, this is working and any other good info to know? Yeah. Wow. Katie, you actually are a perfect to answer this, but Hey, first of all, just congratulations on dipping your toes into yeah. a, into a new medium, uh, yeah. SMS yeah. and it working. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, good for you. Kudos to you for trying that out. Uh, Katie, what's your thought on, on, on the frequency? Um, okay, so it, it is annoying if I, if I'm getting a text yes. every, every two hours, I'm going to mm. be highly annoyed and I'm going to, mm. I'm going to unsubscribe pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say it's very easy to go overboard really quickly and then get on people's nerves. I would say once a week, but I do subscribe to some that will send more, but those are products and services that I really, really want. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about the people in your list. How often are they, you know, spending money at your restaurant. Those people, the ones who do spend more money are going to be the ones that you're going to want to target more often. Josh, you know, the thing is um, SMS marketing has a much higher open rate versus let's say email marketing. Um, Chances are, if it pops up on my phone, I'm going to see it where something goes to my personal Gmail, it may sit there for 90 days and I may never open it. But if a text comes through, I'm probably going to see it. But at the same time, it also feels a lot more personal. It feels like you're invading my personal space and right. feels, my time. feels intrusive. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's a message I want to hear or a company I want to hear from, 
it's, it's cool. Yeah. Any other form of, of advertising or, or marketing from a company I didn't really want to hear from, it feels intrusive. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I, if me personally, I would base it around, you know, bigger events like a, a Valentine's day, a Halloween, a super bowl, you know, you're already, you know, uh, you're already going to be busy at those events anyway, but you know, to get it even more, but people ex- kind of expect it when you uh, have a deal like that. Or, I mean, if you're just running a major deal, and you need a spike in business sometimes just do it. But I, I mean, I think twice a month is probably about what I would feel comfortable with if I were, if I were putting it out twice a month at the yeah. most. No, well, luckily, part- sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, luckily we've, we've had some in-depth conversations with some people recently about this subject, about SMS. Um, actually for the March issue of the magazine, we're doing a huge marketing focus. Um, and we talked to Clayton Kruger specifically about SMS and, um, and the, the conversation actually what was on that, you know, when, what's the right frequency and, um, and is it a pro is privacy, is there a privacy concern? And the answer is obviously, yeah, it's a little bit intrusive. And so you have to decide how often you want to do that. Um, now for Clayton, as we were talking, you know, they save SMS for things like, um, things that really impact their loyalty program, like birthdays annual anniversaries and just leave it at that because what a lot of people don't understand well email marketing um you know they're not getting the the response rate on email marketing um the text uh there's such a premium cost to text um it's expensive and the more people open it the more expensive it is (laughs) um so um it gets very costly uh now what uh clayton and i were talking about is how people are transitioning from using SMS to actually using the notifications on people's phones. Um, So this is for pizzerias that have apps um, and loyalty programs through those apps. And it allows you to to get on that lock screen of the phone um, and and push notifications. So you're pushing the same notification without the cost of the SMS. So a lot of people are using the notifications because the notifications are built into their loyalty program. Um, so they're, they're not paying that premium price. Um, so the one thing I will say is to really, um, really value those, those hits on, um, on SMS. And if you can find those moments that you really need to push uh, content and get that 160 characters to somebody instantly, um, that's what you're going to go with because that price is worth it. Um, but for other things, you may want to use, uh, you know, the push notification because you're, you're still getting it to people's phones, but it's less intrusive because it's coming in on the lock screen. Um, and it's coming to people that, you know, that are part of your loyalty program. So that's, that's great advice. I love it. Yeah. And they can, you know, if they don't need that notification anymore, they can just click off, but they still, you know, right. yeah. are in contact for sure. One, one of the things he asked Denise was, is, is, does it always have to be a deal of some sort or is it okay if I just send out some information? And, and I think you have to just objectively ask yourself how valuable and newsworthy yeah. is this information. If you're operating a, let's say a, a beer club and you've brought in a new tap well, that's often anytime you bring in a, a new label um, that is sought after to beer enthusiasts, to craft beer enthusiasts, that's usually a big deal. They, they want to know about this new tap, right? Um, maybe you're for a very limited time bringing in, an, I don't know, a stuffed mushroom appetizer, and it's just for a very limited time. Maybe, maybe that carries enough weight that is newsworthy enough. But if it's just merely um, every Wednesday, happy hour from 
you know, four to 6 PM, something like that. And you, yeah. and you hit people with it on Tuesday night and again on Wednesday every week, that's going to get really, really old. That's what I was thinking, Jeremy, any kind of new product rollout, like if you're introducing a new yeah. style pizza, any kind of, any kind of new product rollout that you really wanted to make a splash. That's a good jump start for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the major chains, I receive, um, texts from major chains all the time and that, you know, that that's, that's expensive. <laughs> it's it's just, and they're doing it every week. Uh, you know, I'm getting a text every Friday from a couple pizza, uh, from a couple large chains saying, Hey, it's, it's pizza night. Here you go. Here's yeah. your 20% off. Um, you're talking about companies that can afford Super Bowl advertising. So they yes. generally can afford this mass <laughs> message. <laughs> yeah. And you're also talking about places that can afford to do an offer every week like that. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question, Denise. Okay. Uh, all right. The next question comes from Jim Barclay from uh, Gaddy's Pizza in Nashville, Tennessee. And he wants to know how things are looking for Pizza Expo in June. He says he can't wait to see everyone there. Me too. We can't wait either. <laughs> I'm just going to be excited to get out of my house. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, uh, so far, so good. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah. we have every intention of having Expo in late June. So, Well, let's just put it this way. Uh, you know, regardless of the state of the pandemic, we have the protocols in place um, to function as Expo would function. So uh, I'm super jazzed and registration is open. So we're, we're ready to go. Fun fact, I started having some uh, traveling dreams again, like the last two weeks. So that, that leads me to believe like uh, that, that Expo is going to happen because I'm having those dreams again. I used to have traveling dreams all the time when we were traveling. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. you know, our, I know our operations team are looking at procedures and protocols that, that will make us a little more um, COVID friendly. I guess we should say they're looking into widening some of the aisles potentially, um, maybe making aisles one way. So Instead of all traffic coming in all crazy different directions down an aisle, may, perhaps it'll be one way. Maybe not. I don't know yet. Nothing's finalized, but they're yeah. looking into a lot of different things. Jim, shout out to Jim. Um, I've known Jim actually for over 20 years. When I wow. first got out of college, my very first job, I was a sports writer. And I was in a little town called Bedford, Indiana. And Jim at that time was a Gaddy's, I think it was called Mr. Gaddy's back in the day. Mm -hmm. He was a Gaddy's franchisee. So he owned the Gaddy land in Bedford, Indiana, where I was a sports writer. His son, Travis, um, was a college football player at the time. And all the, all the cool kids in Bedford, Indiana would go hang out at Gaddy land and um, play the games and win the prizes and, and eat the pizza. And that's where I first met Jim. Jim comes to pizza expo almost every single year um, I'll hear a loud, deep voice, Jeremy, and I'll turn around and here's this big dude that was a college lineman and, and college football player, huge biceps, hand that swallows mine up, shakes my hand with a grip that about breaks my hand. Hi, Jim, good to see you, you know, uh, you know, cause I'm, I'm in pain. Jim's a great guy. Thanks for the question, Jim. Um, yeah. like Josh said, we are planning on staging pizza expo it is scheduled for june 22nd through 24th at the las vegas convention center the vaccine is rolling out we are actively making plans as we speak for this show to happen so um you know barring unforeseen circumstances and major spiking cases uh, you know the governor of nevada putting a state on lockdown thing, things could happen between now and then that obviously are beyond our control 
But at this point in time, we are very much moving forward and planning on having International Pizza Expo. And I can't wait. After taking last year off, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, Katie, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk. I'm going to use a term from Katie's generation. It will be lit. And, oh and, no! Oh, and Katie, <laughs> Katie, nobody wants to go to Expo more than Katie. She's been working here yep. for two years and still hasn't. Been I've Expo, never so. been. Oh my god! <laughs> I hear all these stories, and I still haven't been. It'll be fire, Katie. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! No cap. <laughs> She's gonna love Expo. Expo is gonna be. Oh man, my first Expo was insane. Just just blew my mind, um, you know, the industry. And I had no idea about the dough acrobatics until I saw them. And then I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Um, but we're so excited for this year. And uh, I know that registration is going well. A lot of people already rolled over last year yeah. to this year. Um, and competitions, they're filling up too. So if you want to compete, you better, get, you better get on it. We have a great lineup of speakers set and, um, Obviously, things changed drastically in the last year, and so we made some changes to the program. Many of the seminars and um, workshops will specifically address measures pizzeria owners have taken to navigate COVID to thrive during this pandemic. So it's it's very topical, and uh, it's a fantastic educational lineup for sure. So if the seminars are your jam, there's going to be a lot for you to learn. Yes. And speaking of uh, seminars real quick, just uh, a few days from now, I think it's the 15th of February, Pizza Expo 365. We're going to be dropping some brand new content. It's really good. Some really great demos from some of the best pizza minds. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of 365, though, the competition opened up too. the pizza, the pizza, the pizza recipe comp- yeah. That's right. competition. I think that closes uh, like the first week in uh, March. Yeah. So, so you got to get on those recipes and submit them to 365. And I'm watching closely to see who steals Camden and I's pizza that, that we talked about on the, on the podcast <laughs> about a month ago, the one with the, with the steak and the gorgonzola and the cherry. And I'm, I'm looking to see somebody's going to rip us off. And Jeremy, steal I think recipe. I've seen that one at Expo. I'm sorry. I think I saw it. <laughs> I think Look, I tried everything's it. Derivative really the year. <laughs> We're all derivative. There are no original ideas in the year. Yeah, there's no such thing as creativity anymore. No. <laughs> Man, how about that? I'm so excited to eat pizza at Expo, eat the champion pizzas. Mm, man, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. I'm hungry right now thinking about it. I love yeah, my local pizza, note, but I, I'm ready for some, uh, I'm ready to branch out a little bit more again. Yeah, yeah. same. All right. Well, I, I think we can wrap it up here. We answered yeah. a lot of questions. Thank you for to everyone who took the time to submit your questions. And we'll, we'll do this again next season, I'm sure. This is yeah. always a lot of fun. Absolutely. See you guys in season four. Right on season four. Here we go.